they said, Dad, you're going insane. You're gonna you're gonna have health issues. You're you're not doing mom any favors. My son said, You got the two-story house, and how long do you think she could stay in there? Because there's a physical toll of Alzheimer's as well as the mental issues. And he's absolutely right. Every time I doubt myself at all, <laughs> there's Bobby saying, Dad, that she couldn't go up and down the stairs these days. She would have fallen. It would have been much, much worse. At least there, she's got supervision. It's one floor. And he's right. I just, it's 58 years of marriage, and I really would like to have her here. I know she would like to be here in some ways, but I don't think she knows it anymore. Hello, and welcome to Dementia Discussions, the podcast for and about caregivers. If you'd like to share your caregiving story with me, I'd love to hear it. Please call me at 310-362-8232 or email me at DementiaDiscussions.net. Today, I'd like to welcome back Jay Swordlow. Jay is a support group member, the support group I co-lead through the UCLA Mary S. Easton Alzheimer's Disease and Research Center. And Jay has been coming for a while now, and we're always happy to see him. So without further ado, Jay, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back. Thank you for having me back. Oh, absolutely. So you're back to talk about Andy, your wife of many years. How many did you say? 58 years. 1965, July 11th. Wow, that is a long time. And I would imagine you'd never thought it would come to this. Tell us a little bit about Andy and kind of bring us back a little bit to when she first got diagnosed and what she was diagnosed with. Will do. And I'll start with Andy's the love of my life. We met 1962 through a cousin of mine, married in 1965. She was a school teacher. First taught second grade, didn't like that. Ultimately became a parent ed teacher and taught herself to teach both in Spanish and in English. She was first diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2019. She recognized that her memory was going, as did I. We went to see first our internist and referred us to a neurologist and the subsequent diagnosis of Alzheimer's. It's been a journey that I could not have made without the support of my family, my two boys, my two wonderful daughter-in-laws. As the disease progressed, she became very upset with me and being here at home, felt I was keeping her against her will, at times wanted to call the police. It was a very difficult situation that ultimately led to a very difficult decision, again, immensely helped by my sons and daughter-in-laws to place her in a memory care community. I kept her home as long as I could. I never wanted her to leave, but it became my sanity and keeping my, my own health and for her well-being. So in, after she turned 80 in February of last year, we moved her to Silverado. I do remember in the support group, you were saying that she repeatedly asked to go see her parents. And that was kind of a, a daily 
question for you or a daily desire? And yes, that, through... absolutely correct. Uh, among her primary delusions was wanting to go home to her parents. Her parents died, uh, father died 50 years ago, and her mother died 30 years ago. But she was constantly wanting to go home to a house that was sold 50 years ago as well when her mother remarried. So, yes, that was a constant theme. And again, uh, though she knew me in some ways, particularly with the sundown effect in the afternoon and evenings, it got very difficult to keep her here. She just, she would uh, want to drive and she wasn't allowed to drive, obviously, when you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's. The doctors are obligated to report that to DMV. DMV did suspend her license which she never accepted either as reality. Uh, and that was another issue. I had to hide the car keys and keep her from attempting to drive. And so yes, that all those... led to that ultimate decision to move her to a memory care community. Mm. So really none of the techniques, like keeping the lights on or telling her that you would take her tomorrow to see her parents or any of those techniques, reassuring her comforting her and did any of those techniques work for a while none of them worked for me i made every mistake in the book initially not before i joined the support group which by the way has been immensely helpful as well i would try and deal with her questions and answer them honestly that her parents had passed away that she had a illness none of that worked well at all Ultimately, I learned to try and deflect, and even that wasn't working here at home. It came to a point where she would refuse to go up to bed, waiting for somebody to pick her up at night. And when she would go up, she wanted me out of the house, and I would have to stay downstairs till she would at some point fall asleep, and then I could go up and sleep in another bedroom. It was... Uh, it was an impossible situation with her here at home. And though I constantly deal with it and I visit three times a week, I know I'm much better off with her at the memory care community. And I, I truly believe she's better off as well. But it's a challenge. I visit regularly. I take her out. But when I take her out, as we drive back, she wants to know why we're going there and not to her mother's house. It's a lot less traumatic than it was when she's home, but it's still difficult to bring her back to Silverado, though ultimately I can walk her in and turn her over to staff, if you, for lack of a better term, and then I'm able to leave. Recently, because um, she was having so many delusions in the mornings, she was actually getting up in the mornings, putting all her clothes in plastic bags, and waiting for somebody to pick her up and take her. At various times, she said to her mother's house, to her grandmother's house, to her boyfriend's house, which is me. I talked to my favorite doctor, which is my daughter-in-law, and she recommended that we consider Seroquel, which was confirmed by our internist. So she has been on Seroquel now for a little over a week, and it does seem to have had a little bit of a positive effect as far as the delusions, according to our Silverado contacts, Melissa, the loft manager. She hasn't been packing the last couple of days. 
which is a positive sign. So it's an insidious disease that continues to progress, but I'm convinced she is better off at Silverado. She does participate in many of the activities there, and they have quite a few. She still recognizes me when I get there, not always as her husband, but as somebody she knows well, a boyfriend, sometimes a husband. Sometimes she'll introduce me to her fellow residents as her boyfriend, sometimes as her husband. So it's a it's an ongoing journey. I'm not sure what else to say other than I, I'm torn between I want to visit her every day and I want her to recognize me. And at the same time, uh, I worry that as it progresses, she will not know me anymore. And in some ways, that might be better for her, if not for me. That's mm-hmm. kind of where the journey is at this point, Barbara. And uh, mm-hmm. again, the support group, I've been in it, I think, close to three years, over two years anyway. And uh, it's terrific. Thanks to you and Monica and the other participants. We do support each other. And I would strongly recommend to anybody dealing with this kind of issue with a loved one that they do consider some kind of support group. It's, uh, it's invaluable. What did you tell Andy when you were moving her to Silverado? Oh, that was a very difficult thing. We decided, my son and I, in talking to the Silverado person at the time, to not say anything other than to move her in. We took her to lunch, my son and I, at a nearby restaurant. And then it was supposed to, it was pre-planned, that we would come in and hand off Andy and and then the recommendation I stay away for as long as I could to get her acclimated. They botched it at Silverado and they've been very good. They're not perfect, but they've been very good. But the handoff did not go smoothly. And it was very difficult. The first several weeks, even though I waited, when I went back, she was very agitated wanted out in the worst way. Oh, that's that, hard to say. Fortunately, that calmed down. I mean, it's been over nine months now that she's been there. Mm-hmm. So it's considerably better than the initial handoff. It was very difficult on me, frankly, too. Tore me apart. I mean, we had always talked after 58 years of marriage and knowing we're over 60. We never wanted to part, never wanted to leave the house. She loved this house. She designed it. We added on. One of the saddest parts of this, when I do dwell on it, which I try not to, is I know I cannot bring her back here. It would just trigger too many things. Too many people have told me that you want to take her out, but don't bring her back to the house. That will trigger too many things and make it too difficult. So we do have lots of family affairs that I take her to if they're scheduled early enough in the day, but they're at my son's house or a restaurant, but but not here at the house. And do you have trouble bringing her back to Silverado? Yes, to some degree, although that it's getting better. I mean, we drive up. She's reluctant at first, but now she'll generally get out easily and walk in with me. And as long as I can find somebody comfortably there, either she's on what's called the loft level, the third floor, we go up there. And then I can duck out. When I visit, I am now regular. I'm very good at lying. That works perfectly. You cannot 
worry about telling fibs or lies. So when I'm ready to leave, I tell her I have a doctor's appointment. I tell her I have an errand to run. Well, will you be back in time for dinner? I said, I doubt it, but I'll be back before you know it. And that usually works. So it's become easier to leave. And it's amazing how easy I am finding it to lie. So that's, yeah, uh, that's counterintuitive. It sounds, isn't it? Uh, it sounds flippant. It isn't meant to be flippant, uh, but it works because if I were to tell her that she's got an illness called Alzheimer's and I, she has to stay here and I can't stay with her, that would never work in a million years. I know that. So I find a way to gracefully duck out. Absolutely. And you're doing the right thing because she would get agitated. She would not understand all that. She wouldn't be able to put it all together. I'm sure right. in her mind, she's fine and she should be going. She with- is. Every now and then when she is agitated and I have to walk out, she'll actually slap at me and that kind of thing. Why are you leaving? Why are you going? And I tell her I have to leave for an errand or whatever. Most times it works, but mm-hmm. sometimes I have to leave and knowing that she's agitated, knowing she'll forget about it within minutes after I leave. That happens every time. And that's Alzheimer's. You don't have no memory. So it sticks with you moment. though, right? Uh, it is difficult on me in the moment, but I've come to realize that from Andy's perspective, nothing sticks in her mind for very long. So it's just your mind. Yeah. And I'm very comfortable that we made the right choice of memory care communities. My son and daughter-in-law looked at six with me and uh, we felt Silverado had the most welcoming atmosphere. It's a, the building itself is a converted hotel. So it has a much more open feeling than some of the others we looked at that were more vertical and less open space. Not that this has a lot of open space but it does have a small front garden and some other open areas. Do you think if you had said that to her, I have to go, I don't know, on a business trip or I have to go away and you're going to be staying at this hotel. Do you think that would have gone over well with her? I don't know. I mean, I I don't try and relive the uh, awkwardness of the handoff when we Mm -hmm. first moved her there. We had thought about that and may have even come up and that I had to leave for a while, but I just know it did not go smoothly when we handed her over, but that's ancient history at this point. Right, right. And I think that's most people's fear that day is just Yeah, I don't know that a good it. way when you do decide that your loved one has to go into a memory camera community, can no longer be with you. Very difficult for me. I'm sure I'm not unique in that feeling. Oh, and absolutely. Leading up of- to it. My kids had been after me to do this months before I did it. They said, Dad, you're going insane. You're going you're gonna to have health issues. You're, you're not doing mom any favors. My son said, you got the two-story house. And how long do you think she could stay in there? Because there's a physical toll of Alzheimer's as well as the mental issues. And he's absolutely right. Every time I doubt myself at all, there's Bobby saying, Dad, that she couldn't go up and down the stairs these days. She would have fallen. It would have been much, much worse. At least there, she's got supervision. It's one floor. And he's right. He's right. I just, it's 58 years of marriage, and I really would like to have her here. I know she would like to be here in some ways, but 
I don't think she knows it anymore. I think she just wants, when she has her mind doing whatever it's doing, it's more about her youth and going back to her mother. Uh, I absolutely agree. I I absolutely agree. I think she'd be looking for her parents' house. Yeah, I. That, you're right, Barbara. She're, you're absolutely right. And many times, Melissa, the loft manager, said she thinks she's at UCLA in a class when she's in the activities. So she's definitely somewhere. She's not 80 years old in her mind <laughs> at all. And that was it was kind of a funny thing because her lady friends took her out for her 80th birthday and she couldn't understand what they were talking about. They gave her a balloon, happy 80th. She said, I'm not 80. She said that? I'm not 80. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It's such a, as I said, insidious disease. We'll talk about our grandchildren and trips we've taken over the last 40 or 50 years. And she loves for me to recount the trips. At the same time, she can't conceive that she's the age that I tell her she is, which I've stopped doing because I've learned it, it makes no sense to say, if we have grandchildren and our children are in their 50s, our parents can't possibly be alive. I made that mistake for too many years prior to moving her to Silverado. That Absolutely. And trying to set Alzheimer's her... patient right. with the reality yeah. or truth makes no sense. Only causes you pain. Yeah, absolutely. Causes them agitation and anger yes. and causes you pain. Yes. Agitation is the right word. If not anxiousness, anxiety, because they can't comprehend what I'm saying. And that makes perfect sense, right? If the hallmark of Alzheimer's is losing your short-term memory, then her long-term memory is intact. So she's back. Yeah, you're right. She's back as a UCLA student or back in her parents' house, or I don't even know if she ever was a UCLA student, but it doesn't matter. She's back in when yeah, she was. Yeah. She was a UCLA student and it doesn't matter, but you're right. I mean, she's definitely back in her youth somewhere, Barbara. And I think she's happy there. Mm -hmm. At least I convince myself she's happier there than agitated. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's a journey and I can see the physical deterioration as well. She was always so, so fastidious about and concerned about her weight. And she's put on tremendous amount of weight. And not just at Silverado. That was here before I moved her in. And uh, when I do take her out and we take walks, she gets tired very easily now. She used to walk two, three miles a day with her lady friends, with me in the neighborhood for that matter. She can barely walk. Uh, a block now without getting uh, very tired. So there's no question that Alzheimer's takes a physical toll on the person as well as a mental one. And how often are you going over there to visit her? Three times a week. I go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm into a routine. I usually go in the afternoons. Uh, sometimes on Wednesdays, I go in the morning. Friday, we have a, a very good time because they have a Friday happy hour at Silverado, non-alcoholic, but they have a wonderful entertainer, a man named Stefan, who sings and plays the keyboard, and we have a great interchange with him. Every now and then, we'll even get up and dance a few steps. That's uh, so great. And this guy is, I can't say enough about him. He is just 
treats the ladies, and it's 90% ladies in the loft area of Silverado, with such dignity and respect, it's really impressive. So I'm over there, and sometimes my kids say, you really want to go that often? And I say, yeah. As long as she knows me, I want to go that often. And it works for me. Now that I can get out after an hour or two gracefully, and it's becoming easier and easier to do that at most times anyway, I feel I owe her that. And on the days that you don't go, are you thinking about her? Are you feeling guilty that you're not there? Yeah, to some degree, though, I keep active. I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, but I play a lot. And I'm a terrible tennis player, but I'm still playing tennis. And those physical activities help me. And I don't really give it a lot of thought, although I do text with the loft manager fairly often just because it's me. I just kind of want to know how she's doing. Sure. Um, yeah, what can I tell you? I was a and am a one-woman man. Yeah. Uh, people say to me, so many people develop lives when they know their loved ones is, are in this condition. Not me. I mean, I don't feel like I want to travel because I want to visit regularly. And I've got my friendships. I used to tease Andy that she had lifelong friends and still does. And she has a lot of visitors besides me, which I think is terrific. I don't have a lot of close friends, but I'm happy with my own company. And I do enjoy visiting, even though we can't, we don't have a substantive conversation. It's usually I'll start by reminding her of some of the trips we took over the years. She loves to hear about them. The fact that we do it over and over, I guess I've gotten numb to that stuff. It doesn't bother me either. So, Do you have picture books from any of those trips? I, I show her some on the phone, particularly our trip to India. She, I don't know why, she loves hearing about the cremations in Varanasi along the Ganges River. Oh, I remember that. And then our trip to Africa with the animals, because she didn't want to go. I had to convince her I wanted to see the animals in their true habitat. And she turned out loving that trip. So, so she remembers She was that. a history major at UCLA, and she loved visiting the museums and all that. So we were in Europe probably. I don't know, 10, 15 times over the 40 years. Wow. Went everywhere. Climbed the Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. Went to the cherry blossoms in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I remind her that she said we were everywhere in the world we wanted to go. I said, you never wanted to go to Antarctica? You never you wanted to <laughs> so, yeah. And she wasn't a hiker, so we never went to Iceland, but just about everywhere else. Wow. We had a good life together, but I don't know how much of that she remembers, but I remember a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. Does she remember your sons? Yes. And my older son lives up here, and he and his uh, wife visit at least once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. My younger son, when he comes up from San Diego, stops by. Our grandchildren, we have a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old that live up here. They'll go by. She recognizes them, and then again, she doesn't. I mean, and then I'll remind her we have grandchildren and that kind of thing. And she has a lot of lady friends that visit. And Silverado is terrific about setting up a private room for lunch when they do visit. And they say, you know what? They have great visits. And then she'll say things out of left field that make no sense. But 
my friends to all of them are very understanding and knowledgeable enough in this area that they understand what's going on. So that's great. And I know some in our support group don't have the family support and friends that, that I do. And I'm sorry for that because it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah, you're so fortunate. Yeah. I, that I am. Oh. That I am. If you have to deal with this disease, then the kind of support that a support group offers, family, friends, can make a world of difference. The way you and Monica handle the support group, Barbara, I can't tell you how much that helps as well. Oh, well, we love having you. You guys group. are great listeners. Thank you for that. You And we love having you in group. We really well, do. You have... And here on the podcast, as I know, it's not easy to tell us about the struggles that you've had with Andy. She, like you said, the love of your life and to see her like this is so just tragic, devastating, awful. Every time I asked for people who to come on the podcast, you're always like, Barbara, I'll come. And here you are. So I know this is, it's been a hard journey and this is hard to talk about. The times have been hard for you and for your family, but here you are sharing them with us. So I really, I appreciate you, Jay. And I appreciate you telling well, us your story. I thank you for that. And I, I hope it helps others. Uh, it helps me a little to talk about the story. And as I say, she's a, was and still is a wonderful woman. Just not the woman that I married and fell in love with. Yeah. Not her fault. No, not no. anyone's fault. It's, it is what it is, is, I guess, the bottom line. Absolutely. The bottom line. And you've learned to accept things as they are. Yeah. Total aside, but I guess sort of blessings is this traumatic event going on in Israel would have affected her. I can't tell you how deeply. Not that we're particularly religious Jews. We're not. We like the, we like the music and the food. Mm-hmm. And we like most liberal Jews, we go once a year to temple for the high holidays. But I I started to tell her about this because it's, and they talk about it to the law, but you can see it's just very superficial to her. She understands that there's a, a war going on now in Israel, but it's not affecting her near as deeply as and it would have had she not had this disease. And that's almost a blessing for her, at least. Yeah, true. She's not feeling depth of the sadness yeah i mean she oh it's terrible but then five minutes later she's forgotten about it right Mm. anyway that has nothing to do with anything other than it's just happening right now it's true i guess that is one silver lining of dementia is that she's not able to take in the horrible news that's going on so yeah you know i mean i think it was on monday that i was telling her about it and on wednesday What's going on with Israel? She remembered that? She asked you? She remembered Israel, but she Uh didn't remember what the issue was. She said, is there something going on in Israel? Now, it could have been that the newspapers are delivered every day, and she likes to look at the paper because I bring it as well, so she gets one. So it could be that she, I don't know what triggered it, but she did remember enough to ask me. And I said, nothing good. It's this horrible fight between Hamas in Israel. I'll see when I go tomorrow whether uh, she'll ask again or maybe I'll bring it up again. I don't know. That's interesting. The loft manager there, Melissa Goldman, has some family in Israel. So mm. 
very hard on her too. So maybe they've been talking about it. They probably yeah, have. I think they. I think they morning. have because they do. One thing about Silverado, they have a like a current events mm-hmm. class almost every morning, and they start with yoga and exercise. And I think all that's good for the residents. I really do. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Try to stimulate any yeah, memories exactly. they have. Yeah, of course. All of that is great. It is kind of a, as an aside, I don't know, funny, humorous. Every time I come, she introduces me. Like it's a fresh introduction to her friends there. Uh-huh. Or, Do you and, know my husband or my boyfriend, Jay? And that kind of thing. And does everyone chuckle? Yeah, or? I mean, I've been there nine months, so I know a lot of the ladies by first name. Uh-huh. And there's various forms of dementia and Alzheimer's. There are people that are further along than Andy that there's this one woman, Roberta. Almost every time I show up, she's on the main floor wanting to leave. And they're having to try and calm her down. And, and that's not where Andy's at, at least. And, and there's others that yeah. various forms of delusion. What can I say? Well, I'm glad she's up on the loft. I'm, that's the at least most care. The loft, exactly. and, then when, and there's been a few that have progressed down, progressed being the wrong word. It's gotten worse. So they move to the, what's called the first level. And then the middle level is skilled nursing, which is where they really need a lot of uh, assistance. Oh, really? They've changed that to skilled nursing on the middle? Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to say that we should end with? Or Really appreciate you having me on. It's a, Alzheimer's is a journey for the loved ones, the caregivers and the loved ones. And in my case, the husband of the wife that's suffering from it. I'm committed to staying on the journey. I mean, <laughs> not that there's an option. Well, there is, but you're, you are committed to staying on the journey. You're committed to staying involved with Andy, no matter what. Right, right. Yeah, yep. you are staying the course. If, I guess there's, if there ever came a time when she just didn't know me at all and didn't want to see me, I don't see that as part of this progression, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will come a time when she knows me less, and, and maybe when she doesn't know me at all, it won't make sense. But my my take at this point is that I'll probably keep visiting until whatever in is right. inside me. Absolutely. One of us passes away is, I guess, the ultimate end result. Right. Sorry to end on such a downer. No, that's true. And that is when you will stop seeing Andy, either when she dies, obviously, or when you die. Yeah. I mean, I always thought I would pass away first because I'm a three-time winner against cancer. Going back to show you what kind of lady she was, 1965, we're getting married. I'm diagnosed with, in those days, a pretty rare form of cancer. It was a malignant tumor on my spine. I'm 23 years old. I was operated on by a very famous violinist, first cousin, Yasha Heifetz's first cousin. Milton Heifetz was a neurosurgeon. Wow. And he operated on me in February of 1965, and everybody's telling Andy, are you crazy? Are you going to go ahead with a marriage? Somebody that's being up, and I had uh, cobalt treatment following it uh, because it was before chemo, and we were a little worried about our firstborn because when you have cobalt, they say not to worry. They put six feet of lead between you and them, and they vacate a city block, and you (laughs) are bombarded with radiation for 30 days. Fortunately, our firstborn came out just fine. 
Thank God. Anyway, then I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2001, and I had colon cancer surgery in the heart of the pandemic in 2021, which went unbelievably well. In the midst of the pandemic, went into Cedars. I had uh, Da Vinci, a robot surgery, led by my uh, proctologist, and stage two, and they got it all. That's and, uh, amazing. So she stayed with me through thick all and thin. Thick and thick thin. And, thin. and so you're quite with a lady. Her. Quite a lady. And you're quite a man, really. Well, thank you. Absolutely. I know that you leave our support group to go play tennis. So you're taking care of yourself, which is really as I told you, I should be playing triples. I'm too slow for doubles. <laughs> You've got a lot of editing to do with this one, Barbara. <laughs> Uh, well, Jay, it's great to have you back. Thank you for, t- right. for being here and telling your story. Thank you, and I'll see you at the next support group meeting. You got week. it. You got it, my friend. All right. Take All care. Right. You too. Remember that you can follow Dementia Discussions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot if you would leave me a review. For any other information about this podcast, please visit me at DementiaDiscussions.net. And please share this podcast with someone you know if you think it may help. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you here again next time on Dementia Discussions.